0: Welcome to Reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan. Um, today, we're going to be doing First Nephi, Chapter 14. Today, I have a very special guest, a very lovely person, and your name is? William. And hello, William. Hey. So where So, where do you find yourself on the LGBTQAI uh, plus same-sex attraction, mixed-orientation marriage scale? Where do you find yourself?
1: Um, I usually use the word queer or gay.
0: Okay. And where do you find yourself on LGB... <laughs> I just asked you that one.
1: Uh, I usually use the word queer or gay. Oh, lovely, uh-huh. lovely, lovely.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you find yourself on the LDS active, semi-active, less active, inactive, post-Mormon, ex-Mormon, non-Mormon?
1: I'm an active member of the church.
0: You're active? Yes. Oh, that's right, because you're on the ward next to mine. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, where are you from?
1: Uh, where am I from? Where do you live? Where do I live? Two different answers. Sorry,
0: um, yes, oh. I do realize that. It's a very dumb question. I'm sorry. Apologies. I
1: live in New York City.
0: All right, lovely. And are you in a relationship? I am. <laughs> well, must be nice.
1: Must be nice.
0: Must be nice. Um, but then also I am too, so I mean, like, I can't complain. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's really pointless. Yep. Uh, but, and then the last question is, did you serve a mission? I did. Uh, do you want me to tell you? Do you want to share? You don't have to if you don't uh, sure. want
1: to. Sure, I served in Ukraine.
0: I It was in Argentina. Mendoza. Mendoza,
1: Argentina? Mendoza. Did just say it with a lisp?
0: Uh, well, I have a little bit of a lisp there.
1: But not like, oh. like the Spanish Barcelona one.
0: Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. That's a real bad one. But lisp. it was
1: probably... The people who came and took over were people from Spain and that's why the Oh, West everyone exists, in Argentina is right? just beautiful, oh. I feel like. <laughs> okay. Um anyway, don't they all think that too? Uh, definitely. Yep.
0: All right. So,
1: on that, was end- that That was like a really terrible thing to say. <laughs> I yeah. was just I was watching the two popes and he talks about how he's from Argentina, and they talk about how, and there's some joke in there about how all, he makes a joke about how everyone from Argentina has like such a big head, basically. Did you watch that movie?
0: Oh, no, but as soon been, as you said that, I'm like, oh, so he's been to Argentina then? Yeah, so it's Because like, I was
1: like, oh, that's exactly, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, because the new pope who takes over, he like makes a joke about how like all people from Argentina are just like so full of themselves. It's they're narcissists. The joke, joke he makes. Yeah. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. So if you, so we're going to do chapter 19, 14 now chapter 14 yeah. uh if you know chapter 14 go ahead and skip ahead um but if you do not um feel re- feel free to um read along with us uh, it'll probably take six to eight minutes to read it and you ready
1: yeah i'm ready okay should i start yeah go ahead okay And it shall come to pass that the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word, and also in power, and very deed, unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks. And harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel, and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. They shall be no more brought down into into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded." And that great pit which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it unto their utter destruction, saith the Lamb of God, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil and also according to the justice of God upon all those who will work wickedness and abomination before him. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Nephi, uh, spake unto me, say, Nephi, saying, thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles repent, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. Therefore, woe be unto the Gentiles, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God for the time cometh saith the lamb of god that i will work a great and a marvelous work among the children of men a work which shall be everlasting either on the one hand or on the other either to the convincing of them unto peace and life eternal or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds unto their being brought down into captivity and also into destruction both temporally and spiritually according to the captivity of the devil of which i have spoken And it came to pass that when the angel had spoken these words he said unto me rememberest thou the covenants of the father unto the house of israel i said unto him yea and it came to pass that he said unto me look and behold that great and abominable church which is the mother of abominations whose founder is the devil and he said unto me behold there are saved two churches only the one is the church of the lamb of god and the other is the church of the devil wherefore whoso belongeth not to the church of the lamb of god belongeth to that great church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the whore of all the earth, and she sat upon many waters, and she had dominion over all the earth, among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few, because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth. And their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of that great whore whom I saw. And it came to pass that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together multitudes upon the face of all the earth among all the nations of the Gentiles to fight against the Lamb of God. And it came to pass that I Nephi beheld the power of the Lamb of God that it descended upon the saints of the Church of the Lamb, of, uh, that it descended upon the saints of the Church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God and great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon that great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth
0: and as there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations which belong to the mother of abominations the angel spake unto me saying behold the wrath of god is upon the mother of harlots and behold thou seest all these things and when the day cometh that the wrath of god is poured out upon the mother of harlots which is the great and abominable church of all the earth whosoever Whose founder is the devil, and at that day the work of the Father shall cometh in preparing the way for fulfilling of the convenience which shall made his people who are of the house of Israel. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look, and I looked, and beheld a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. And the angel said unto me, Behold, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, and behold, he shall see and write the reminder of the things yea also many things which have been and he shall write concerning the end of the world here wherefore the things which he cometh right are wait he shall write are just and true behold they are written in the book which thou ha wait thou behold proceeding out of the mouth of the jew and of and at the time they proceed out of the mouth of the jew or at the time of the book proceedeth out of the mountain of the Jew, the things which were written were plain and pure and most precious and easy to the understanding of all men. And behold, the things which the apostle of the Lord shall write are many things which thou hast seen, and behold, the remainder thou see. But the things which thou shalt see hereafter thou shalt not write, for the Lord hath ordained the apostle of the Lamb of God, that he should write them, and also who have been who have been to, the, to them hath he known all things, and the, are sealed up to come forth in their purity, according to the truth, which is the Lamb in their own due time of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And I Nephi heard and bear record that the name of the apostle of the lamb was John according to the word of the angel and behold I Nephi am forbidden that I should write the remainder of the things which I saw and heard wherefore the things which I have written suffereth me and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw and I bear record that I saw the things which my father saw and the angel of the Lord did make them known unto me and uh, now I make an end of speaking while I am carried away in the spirit, and all the things which I saw are now written, and the things which I have written are true, and thus it is. Amen. <sighs> okay, where do you want to start?
1: I don't know, where do we start?
0: What jumps out at you?
1: Um, I mean, it's, so it's the end of Nephi's vision, and it's just so intense. So intense. I just, it's like... I mean, I think what always comes out of me is, like, the whore of the earth, the mother of harlots. Oh, my the God. Like, they said that a bunch. D- dominion over the waters. And um, and I was reading this a couple weeks ago, because I was doing Come Follow Me. And, it, like, I, the word harlot is so tied to, like, a promiscuous woman now. But I looked up the word, and it, like... That's not initially what... Because, like, whenever I read that, it's just, like, what I see or what I think of. I think we been, like, like, like,
0: either socially or, like, religiously indoctrinated that that's what...
1: Right, but, like, that's not originally... What is it? I'm trying to think of what exactly I googled, but it just... I mean, I think it, like, kind of moved over into impurity. Um, I don't remember... But I remember reading something being like, oh, it doesn't it just like exclusively mean like, like a woman who has like I don't know, casual sex or like but the thing it's, is they, it's not it's not a sex worker.
0: Basic but they interchange whore and harlot. Here it seems like they use them as synonyms. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's um one of those things where it's like, okay, so you have Mormon and Moroni, you know, translating Nephi's and they have to make, you know, they're confound like combining like to make this record, and then you have um, so he's gonna have to make word choices to like you know condense what he saw, and mm-hmm. then you have Joseph Smith translating, and he's gonna have to make word choices to translate to like
1: but like whore and harlot are euphemisms, and I think at the time it wasn't referring to like a, a, a woman a sex worker basically it was it was referring to um that which is immoral on impure not right um it and and so even through all those translations the fact that they're being used interchangeably here like i mean that's still true today horn harlot are still like euphemisms of each other right they still like mean equal things right even through all the translation and all that but that's like obviously that's like what jumps out to me when I read it, right? It's just like that intense language.
0: It's very intense.
1: Yeah, and it talks a lot about wars and rumors of wars, and we obviously see that like as we live. All I can our lives. think of is like
0: today I got a meme from a friend who was like, "Drafts coming, y'all. Are you prepared?" And in my mind, I'm like, as someone who's in the military, mm-hmm. I don't want any y'all in the military. Yeah, you selfish, greedy, stubborn. Do nothings. We don't want you in the military.
1: But what's interesting is, like, it's talking about, like, this church, the church of God, will be fighting against, like, the, the the horror of all the earth, right? The the great and abominable church. But, like, the wars that we fight now don't, like, aren't connected with church.
0: No. And the thing is, like, I was thinking about that and I was like, there's all kinds of rumors of wars and there's people having, like, their own personal wars like, yeah, it's like
1: the, the the God, the wrath of God will be poured out upon the great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations. I guess it's not saying that the churches are fighting, but it's saying because of the the actions of this horrible church, um, which is believed to be or interpreted to be anything that isn't the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. I guess I
0: don't agree I d- with that.
1: I don't think so either, because it's just like because
0: I feel like okay, because it talks about like um but, that, uh, but uh, that's how they talked about our growing up
1: you know what I mean like he, when it yeah talk like about, the way
0: the way the dogmatically that we were
1: taught about it right it's like, like there are only two churches the Church of the Lamb of God which we like sit, claim to be our church right and then the one then, of the horror of the and earth and then which, literally everything else well
0: <laughs> uh, and I remember people like being like in Mormon doctrine it says that it's a Catholic well, church the, and I just want to be the like church like mm, that's
1: not that that's, doc- not, like that's book. not
0: uh that's not real doctrine people right. that's uh
1: that's um, one man's opinion what also jumps out at me it's like That it's just like this talk of hell. Um, When I feel like in church, we don't really talk about hell. We don't talk about people really getting cast out into outer darkness. It's for like a very select few, you know? And, but in this, it's like, well, there's this giant pit that everyone dug, and then they're going to lie in it, and that pit is hell. And it's like,
0: and that's where everyone's going to have to fill the pit that they filled with with their own bodies. And I'm just like,
1: that's kind of intense. so, So it's just really intense language, and, you know, I think it's because we we don't want to be scared or sad. We're like it's okay, like God loves us and He's gonna save everyone and everything's okay. But like when you read the scriptures, I mean, I mean especially this chapter, it's just so much of that like I don't know, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth and and everything's gonna get really really bad, you know, unless you repent and and so that you know it's just one of those things where you read it and it's just like he gives you the heebie-jeebies.
0: Yes, this is also one of those chapters that makes me realize that like, the the Church of the Lamb of God is kind of like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like here are good people, Mm -hmm. and there are good people all around, Mm -hmm. and that's who's in the Church of the Lamb of God, like people who are like trying to do good and like be better human beings, versus like the whore of the abomination, the Church of the like abomination. Is like um, people who are like going to church to be seen or to say that they're better than somebody or, you know, like it's one of those like you're doing it, you're not, you're doing it for ulterior motives than
1: yeah like there' there's something... I think I don't know it just feels like life is so nuanced sometimes that it's like who do you define as doing good and who do you define as doing bad and and... And, and also the thing is, is like it's the Church of the Lamb of God, which is like the Church of Jesus Christ, like the Lamb of God is Christ, right, so it's kind of like it's not just it makes it sound like it's not just good people, it's like Christian people who well... you know what I mean, and so like that's why it just feels so um I don't know I just think of like everyone who lives across the world who isn't Christian or like you know even heard of christianity or like doesn't identify with it at all and like they're a part of this big awful church it just doesn't it's basically it's a chapter that has a lot of dark intensity with and it lacks such specificity as to who is what and where
0: It it's a, this is the shit stirring chapter of the book of mormon is which i feel
1: like... and i feel like all it does is it just pushes me to when i read things like this to like I don't know, remind myself of my faith and what I want to do as a person and, and that I want to... You know what I mean? Like, I always want to be a part of the Lamb of God. Like, I, always, I want to be a part of those few that are upon the earth, like, who are standing for what they believe in when everything is going really bad, right? Like, when the wars happen and the, God, the wrath of God comes down, I just want to make sure I'm one of those people who's standing, like, in my faith and that I've,
0: I have continue to do good. I always wonder where I am because I, like... Thank God for counseling. Um, I always wonder, like, where I am and, like, where do I stand with God? But there's a few things that I also wanted to cover before time runs out yeah. here. Um, is that it talked about uh, can, it, it'll be uh, easy to understand or something like that. And she came to pass, I looked behold. Uh, like, that she had dominion over all Earth, among nations, kindreds, tongues, people. I want it to be like genders, genders, religions. Um, Because I believe that the horror, like, when talking about the horror of the church in chapter 11, mm-hmm. I believe that she is in our church, but I also believe the Lamb of God is in our church. So it's right. like, where do we, you know? Right. So, but there's something where it talks about and the things will be easy to understand or... Shall also be written... Conspired. Oh,
1: so, like, it talks about when... Basically, it says when the book of the ma- came out of the mouth of the Jew, or the Bible... And okay, because in twenty things were plain and pure and most precious and easy to understand, and, and then we know the apostasy happened, right? And so, like, then yes. it all got confounded.
0: Okay. Because when it talks about it being easy to understand, I just want to be like, there are things that I... When I heard that part, I was like... When I was preparing for this to do this with you like a while ago, and I was like, I remember there's one thing in here that like I really wanted to speak about. And that was it. Mm. Also, I did want to comment about how you were saying when you were reading. There was a couple times where I was like, you would say things in like very monotone, dry voice, and I'd be like, okay, David. Well, what do you mean? I, have you never seen Shit's Creek?
1: Oh. <laughs> I was like, you were reading it like David and I'm like Like David Ugh. Rose. Uh, I was like, this is too good. The amount of times I've been compared to David Rose. Oh too many.
0: Um do you consider that a compliment or an offense?
1: You know I'll take it as a compliment. Oh, but what do you, how do you see it? He's a funny guy. I don't really want to come off, come off as someone who doesn't care. <laughs> uh,
0: that's not what was come off. But your monotone bust was kind of coming off like this. And I was like, ugh. And I was like, at least you're... Oh, no! At least, I need to be more animated. At least when you read, it doesn't sound like you're struggling to read. Like, I've listened to myself read on the podcast before, and it sounds like I'm, like, in, like, the slow class in seventh grade still. Like, <laughs> like just trying to be like, ugh. Please don't pick on me to read anymore. Why didn't you tell
1: me that? Huh?
0: If you do not want to read. Oh, no, that's not the thing. You oh, just ha- you hate hearing yourself. Well, Please. it's just sometimes, like, I when I haven't, like, practiced reading things, mm-hmm. it's like, ah. I'm not very good I at reading. I think maybe
1: I do that is because sometimes when I'm with people who read the scriptures in such an animated way, when they're just like, have you know They're like, and it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the, you know, they like talk like that, and I'm like, I can't. Take you seriously, so I think maybe I try to like not do that, and it comes off as monotonous.
0: Can I tell you what one of my favorite ones mm. is? Is uh someone in my ward does it, and I've asked them why they do it, and and I was like, this, uh, you've met me, and I've yeah. I wouldn't say anything to your face that I I mean wouldn't say anything behind your back that I wouldn't say to your face. That's true. And um I was like, uh it sounds like you're pontificating when you're just reading the scriptures, like you're trying to sound like super holier in there they're like i'm just trying to like it and unto the word as if my voice is the voice of christ or the voice of god Lord. in okay. and i was just like oh okay it just sounds really pious to me and pompous and they were like and then they were real quick to tell me they're like that's real judgmental and that i'm clearly not listening to the scriptures the right way and i was like oh cool 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 i mean just,
1: are they wrong I, Isn't it a little judgmental?
0: Well, I mean, like, I'm a little judgmental, yes, but at the same time, I'm like, you do realize that your voice is not the actual voice of God, like...
1: I get it, but at the same time, whatever you have to do to keep yourself invested and in going in those scriptures, you do what you gotta do.
0: Whatever. You know? Alright, we're gonna take a quick break, be right back. Alright, so mm. we're back with William, and, um... We're talking about 1st Nephi chapter 14 and we're talking about how this directly applies to Will and to me as gay slash queer men. Um, first thing that jumps out at me is the plain, uh plain and let's see it right here in 23, written were plain and pure and most precious and easy to understand of all men. And to me, that's one of those things where I was like, uh, when I look at doctrine of the church and it's so complicated and hard to understand because I've said this on the podcast. I've said this to will before the podcast, I've said it to, I'm not going to stop saying this. Mm. I'm not that bright. <laughs> so if I'm really struggling to comprehend a concept that doesn't make sense to me, I just, that's, I've always questioned like, this doesn't make sense. Right. This doesn't make sense. Like, for example, for me, uh, pull-outs don't make sense, one. Two, the November policy didn't make sense to me. Oh. Also, there's like a bunch of other things that don't make sense to me. But um, why people don't get real sexual education in school uh, is also something that confuses me. But I feel like these are plain precious truths like right here in first 14, five fourteen twenty three.
1: Right. So I mean the way I understand it because this is like when he's prophesying about uh John, right? He's talking about like behold, he held a man, he was dressed in a white robe, he's one of the twelve apostles, and he shall see and remind and remainder of these things. So he's talking about like how John's gonna write revelations, right? Like he's gonna like mm-hmm. write about the end of the world. Um and wherefore the things which he shall write are just and true, and they shall be written in the book which thou beheld proceeding out of the mouth of the Jew. So they're gonna be written in the Bible, right? That's what came from the Jew. And at the time they proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, or at the time that the book proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, the things which were written were plain and pure and most precious and easy to the understanding of all men. So he's saying when it's written, when John writes it, when the Jews bring the Bible, it will be like very easy to understand. But then we know... um,
0: The apostasy happened. The apostasy
1: happened. And so then those things that were plain and precious and easy to understand were no longer so, right? And that's why... The restoration, and we have the Book of Mormon. So yeah, like we yeah, make yeah, these yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but yeah.
0: the thing is, though, is like even the Book of Mormon, the Bible,
1: like it's still not clear and plain and precious. Like, there's some things that are like
0: Jesus says, like love one another and right. love God more than you know, Anyone love God else? and then and love, love everybody else. Okay, mm-hmm. that's super easy to understand. Right. Article of faith, super easy to understand. Like. Right. They're not very ambiguous, they're but they're also they're not sexist and they're not gendered and they're not right. you know, el- racist or homophobic or
1: heterosexist.
0: Yeah, they're they're very plain and precious. Right. And um and then also like you and I were talking and to me like though to me those things like when they're easy to understand, that's how I can like mark if it's like does this make sense? Mm. Does this like love one another as Jesus loved you. Like the November policy was like, no, no, that doesn't show love as the person on the, like for me Mm -hmm. as the person that's like, that's attacking Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like love. Mm -hmm. And like, you can say that it's love all you want, but I can punch you in the face and be like, well, that was love, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but that's not how you interpreted that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so today I went to the mama and I was looking at, Um, this Louise Bourgeois sculpture, and someone was like, ugh, I hate it when people are, like, who know nothing, like, these, like, 19-year-old girls who've just read their first, like, Artnet News, like, thing about Louise Bourgeois, and, like, how she was whatever they're talking about her now. And it was like, oh, cool, like, you've read one thing, like, you know... (laughs) Ugh. And it just makes you crazy. It does. And like the thing is, too, is like they're talking about the symbology, symbology of her artwork. And my favorite part is they weren't even looking at a Louise Bourgeois sculpture. They were looking at a de Kooning sculpture. They, didn't, they had it wrong. And they were talking about it and talking about it as if it was a Louise Bourgeois.
1: But it, it didn't even know that it wasn't Louise Bourgeois. Yeah. And how, how does that connect to what you're talking about right now?
0: Um, about understanding like love,
1: uh-huh. like
0: from sometimes like you can like the symbolism which she's talking about, which she was completely off base on, which right. was crazy, like she interpreted it her way. You don't get to reinvent symbolism for people to interpret so that everybody can understand. The more we reinvent symbolism. And I feel like the way we reinvented symbolism with the November policy was really hurtful. And so many people were confused and hurt by it. And then so many people had right write confusing and, like, things about it. Like, it was one of those things that the muster of plain and precious truths. Do you see how, like... Sure. Like... Yeah. So, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, when I read stuff like this... I'm just always, it's, it's like when I read about them digging a pit to hell and woe unto the Gentiles, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God and they will, you know, and it's one of those things where I'm just, I think, um, as a member of the church who's LGBTQ, I'm like always really terrified of where I lie. You know what I mean? Like, am yeah. I, I, I just get really scared.
0: But read the beginning of verse two. This is what makes me feel good. And harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God, they shall be numbered amongst the seed of the Father. Right. And that's something that I feel like we we, we keep talking about the pit, we keep talking about the harlot, we keep talking about the church
1: of God versus the right. the, the church. But the thing of, is, is how do you define harden not their hearts? I feel, so let's say it's say if we were talking to um, I can't obviously I cannot speak for anyone, um, but let's say we're talking to um, some general auxiliary of the church. Who really firmly holds to the doctrine and the policies that are released I feel like harden out their hearts to them would interpret as you'd be willing to follow any and all doctrines and policies um, and not harden your hearts against what we're saying God is telling us right and so like then I'm like oh no you know what I mean and then there's also this idea that um, if I'm worried that if I um, live a life of Celibacy and being alone and whatever, then I'll harden my heart against God. I'll be upset. I'll be mad. I'll be so upset and sad about how my life is going. And so it's one of those things where it's like I worry sometimes. And harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God. It means like you're I, supposed to follow all the rules. You're supposed to keep feel that like covenant that's real. no matter what. I know. I don't
0: feel like that's real. Obviously, I feel it's, like, it's it's I a feel mental... like that's what we're indoctrinated into believing. I feel like, and as, that's as LGBT people. I can tell you from my point of view and from where I sit, from what privilege I have and like the the privilege of living in New York and being married and being white and male and blah, 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 blah. So I can tell you when I hear and harden not their heart against the Lamb of God, that to me, that's one of those things where it's like, I don't have animosity towards Heavenly Father or Jesus Christ. I don't have heart animosity towards um like like joseph smith like i don't have animosity there where i start to have animosity is for like and as i do this podcast i'm starting to learn about compassion for general authorities that i don't necessarily agree and or like Mm. um but also understanding that they deserve the same amount of compassion that i need they have the they are in the exact same need of the atonement that i am They are in the exact, they are imperfect just as I am. Mm -hmm. They're just imperfect in a different way. And like, not everything they, like, they're going to be judged for what they do and what they handle with the mantle that they're given. And I think Heavenly Father has given us this wonderful thing called the still small voice or the light of Christ, whatever you want to call it, um, to be like, hey, Will, so this is bad. I know he just said this, but because your heart is opened and you and you and I have a relationship, know that this isn't great, but I'm working on it. Or, you know, like, I feel like that's one thing that I feel like for me during the November policy and like getting almost excommunicated, like that was one thing that was like, none of this made sense to me. None of this felt right. None of this. Mm. And I felt like I never was ever angry at God. I was always angry at like stupid men for being stupid men. And I don't know if you've ever dated men before, mm. but they're dumb.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think I really strive to, and I don't, I know I, I feel that way for the general authorities where I'm just like, they're, I mean, they're doing their absolute best. And, um, I know that I know that they know people who are LGBTQ. I know that they I mean I don't know how many of them know them personally but like they have to in their time of church leadership met some obviously brother Christop- uh, Elder Christopherson's brother yeah. you know that whole story but um but that story just, is so to, weird to me. I just try to take compassion where it's like they're doing the the absolute best that they can and I and that's and I don't and I can't sit here and say if they're right or wrong about anything because I don't know either, right? Um, but I do know that they are the leaders of my church that I am active in, and I, and I sustain them in that in that place.
0: I do not agree. I will sustain the mantleship, but I do not sustain them as human beings. And I've talked to several people about the difference in saying like I can understand that the apostleship needs to be respected, but you as a human being are bad. For example, I always talk about Oaks because he's the one that's like to me the biggest offender to me personally um, is that he'll say things and people try to justify as like just imagine it's like your your grumpy grandpa or your unknowing grandpa and saying these things and I'm like, well, why does it have to be, the people why does it have to be me to be like this is bad mm. this is bad instead of him being like oh as the leader of a church understanding like compassion and charity like i feel like we all need to hold each other accountable for different things and for me i can't just blindly sustain someone i have to like speak my mind if you do good i will gladly tell you you did good but if you did bad i'm gonna say you did bad Mm. i can't blindly like accept oh you're you're an apostle i can't say anything bad about you i can't accept that
1: sure uh i think i just think being someone in the church who struggles so much uh Knowing what I'm supposed to do and being really afraid and like thinking about the fact that I have like, you know, 50 or 60 years left to live. And I like am in a place where I don't, I don't have any clue of what, what. If I, like, it's like if I follow the doctrine of the church, like I know what my life will be. It will be alone. It will be on my own. (sighs) And so. That's not what God wants for you. And it's one of those things where that's, that's what people, I mean. All over. People who are super active in the church, people who are inactive, people who have left, people who are never involved in the church. I hear people say, that's not what God wants for you. You go follow exactly what you want to do. I hear people say, follow God, keep your covenants, keep the commandments, even if it's hard. Like, I hear all sorts of stuff. Yeah, me too. And I
0: know in your ward, I know in your ward particularly, you
1: you have both sides of that pendulum. It's not even two sides. It's like there is no there aren't even defined sides it's like everyone is just so different in their opinions and and what I should do and so I think as as a person who identifies as LGBTQ in this faith in order to stay mentally healthy and sometimes I don't sometimes I really get I mean I've definitely been suicidal I've definitely had to go to therapy um just to like make sure I stay alive same like that's a very common theme um for most of us and I just think like like I will listen to general conference I will listen to the apostles I will not um just sit and and ignore them right but I just try to trust what you were saying earlier where it's like if I just work on having a relationship with my heavenly father if I pray and I read my scriptures and I show him that I really trying to do what he what he wants me to do what is right then i trust that like that inspiration will be given to me and like it might not all like my whole life won't be painted before my eyes like nephi got to see literally everything but i trust i as someone who is gay in the church and and can feel so scared and just nervous and sad sometimes i just trust that if i pray about what i hear at general conference about what i read about the choices in front of me like Heavenly Father will always lead my steps, and like that's what I, because it's like if I just didn't pray and I just want to listen to general conference and I just listen to people like Elder Oaks or um, Elder Bednar, people that I think are really conservative, um, <laughs> and I didn't and I didn't feel like I had a relationship with God, like I either wouldn't be in this church or I would I, I would likely have harmed myself.
0: I am right there with you. You're I feel like. You're pre- in in your comments there. You're preaching to the choir.
1: Oh, I, mean, I know. I mean, that's like if you talk to anyone who's a member of the church and identifies on this scale, it's so much of just like I'm trying to pray to figure out what to do because once you figure out you can't pray it away, and once you can't, once you figure out you can't just like marry a woman because you try really hard, oh. um, which like some people do, you know. It's, again, it's so different for every individual person, and so I just try to pray and be like, tell me what I'm supposed to do on my individual path. I'm not going to ask you if this policy is right or wrong. I'm not going to ask you if this, like, overall doctrine is there. I'm just asking for me and my life,
0: what, what do am I... I?
1: And give me peace about whatever that thing is.
0: And I feel like the harder we work at our lives, and, like, to me, I've mentioned this on the podcast, God has to, like, hit me over the head with things. Yeah. Um... So last week I had a very personal conversation with my sister mm-hmm. um, and we're, we're going through a family issue, me and her. Um, and she and I talked and we reminisced about this one moment where I think it's very poignant to what you're talking about here is like, what do I do? And I remember sitting in her kitchen in Roosevelt, Utah and telling her that the only thing that I really want that I can say that in my lifetime that I want in my mind at the time, I remember thinking this is like, this is a, this is like a, you know, like a long shot is that I want the church to openly say gays can come to church, gays can get married, then you're not going to get excommunicated. I wasn't thinking like, I didn't, I wouldn't ask like temple or priesthood or callings or things like that. But it was like, can we at least just come to church and just, be normal people at church so that way we're included into this conversation and my sister looked me dead in the eye I remember the pink sweater she was wearing I remember her sitting on the last bar stool uh in her kitchen I was sitting in the chair on the closest to her back door and she looked me dead in the eye and was like that's never gonna happen God will never let that happen. God will never allow gays, gay married people to be allowed in the church ever. Hmm. And she's like, I know that. And I just remember her telling me that. She's like, I love you, but that's never going to happen. And like, she looked at me dead in the eye and I was like, and now I look at the policy and I'm like, so I can't go to church. I won't be excommunicated. I got everything I wanted why didn't I wish for more? Mm -hmm. But I mean like I felt like at the time that was one of those things it was so close but at the same time I felt like it was on the moon. Yeah. Like it was so close but at the same time it felt so far away and then all of a sudden we got the November policy and then as soon as the November policy happened two years later I'm almost getting excommunicated and then they changed it. Holy crap. Everything that I felt then came true. Mm. And it was like this is what felt true. What I feel now, I don't know. I I don't know what I feel now about mm. the church, but I remember for a long time that's what felt right to me. And so
1: just that there's space for you to even be there.
0: Yeah. So what is the coming future for Ryan Rydell or Mr. William? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. It's just sometimes when I read things about the great and abominable church and this digging a pit to hell and hardening their hearts, I think I just get scared. I just I get the anxiety that everyone gets, I think, when they read things like that. But mine is specifically tied to... LGBTness? Like, if, if I've just done some big bad sins and not knowing that they were. You know what I mean? Or, like, does that make sense? Or it's like, I'm worried that maybe one day I will. You know, maybe one day I'll just be like, whatever, I'm gonna get married to a man and whatever and like cross my fingers and be like hope that wasn't me joining the great and church i don't know if that you know what i mean uh. i think i always think in that sphere of when i read things about like damnation and getting in trouble and hell and like i'm just always afraid because of my the way that i feel and wanting to just like e- express myself that way that i would that I would be on the wrong side, even though I would be trying so hard to do what was right. That's when I read the book of Mormon as an LGBTQ person, that's often the the fear that I get.
0: Your anxiety in this room is palpable. I know. Um, (laughs) Yes. Be proud of your anxiety.
1: (sighs) I'm sorry, but like, it's
0: it's fine. It's fine. That's kind of the purpose of this podcast. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and talk about your anxiety some more.
1: <laughs> I can't wait. I'm sure everyone's it's dying to listen so to that. It's so great.
0: It's going to be lovely. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the LGBTQA community. Okay. All right. So we're back. So, okay, question for you. Yes. Have you seen the movie Saved? Yes. The best movie Mandy Moore has ever made in her <laughs> career. Hands down, the best. For those of you who are listening to the podcast and don't know the movie, it's about this girl, Mary. Oh, love it. Who is trying to figure out how to uh, be the best person she can, but she's like feels like she's getting mixed messages, and she's trying really hard. So she tries to save her best friend Dale, and no, so her
1: boyfriend, her boyfriend tells her that he's gay, and so if to and save, so if she has sex with him because she thinks that is. Going to cure him
0: because she had a vision of Jesus in the swimming pool when she bumped her head.
1: Yes, she had a. She felt like she had like a like a religious. I mean, she's super. The movie movie is about a very Christian community, very like kind of born again, new age Christianity. Right, but it's
0: very relatable to Mormon culture. Like, if you're Mormon cult, like if you were in Utah, like I saw this when I was at BYU, and all I could think of is like, I know girls at BYU that had sex with gay guys, to like.
1: Do you really? Yes. Oh, wow. I have three. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yes. And all three of those dudes, gay as hell. Because it also resonated with me being from the Bible Belt. Yes. It's that kind of, it's that kind of like God rocks, like like rock music at you know like when someone says they're saved like lots of clapping lots of like cool light fixtures we'll and calling hulkins in a wheelchair yeah so it's that kind of but yeah so the idea is is she's trying to do what's right and and so she tries to have save her boyfriend by having sex with him so he's not gay anymore and what happens is is he's still gay and he gets sent off to like a school to make him better and she gets conversion pregnant, therapy camp basically and she gets pregnant
0: uh-huh and then and then uh, she's
1: like exiled because she's pregnant.
0: Uh huh. From the, the what are they called? The
1: oh, are they the angels or
0: something like
1: that? What? does that group called? Because it's Mandy Moore who leads it. Yeah,
0: Mandy Moore. And she and
1: throws it, a Bible at her.
0: I am full of Christ love. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's the best. If you haven't seen it, go out and see it. And then, but the thing is, to me, that I want to relate the LGBT community. And the scriptures when talking about it is like, if you look at the LGBTQ and we're relating this scripture specifically to them, we're not, we're taking away the Mormonismness okay. of this sculpture. Uh, that scripture. it's coming
1: from a Mormon, the Book of Mormon.
0: Yeah, it's coming. Okay. Like we're it's taking that away. Like a Christian. If we're, if we're looking at like the gay cult, gay culture, and I think that there are gays in gay culture that are doing the best they can to legitimately help one another. And I think there's other people that are just there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and that's not a bad thing to be mm-hmm. just there and I think that there are people that are looking to do harm uh, in different ways for their own benefit mm-hmm. and I think that's bad mm-hmm. but I think that it doesn't matter if like in the Mormon church I think there are people that are there trying to do their best I think there are people that are just there and I think that there are people that are there doing harm for their own benefit. And like they don't care that they're lying to people. As long as they get the result they need. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like those people are the people that are digging the pit to hell. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah And it, it does. doesn't matter which group we're talking about. The LGBT or the Mormon
1: one. I think. It's that, just there's good and bad in both.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I think that for myself. And my LGBT gayness. I try to, like, make sure that, A, I'm reaching out to people. B, I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to, like, include people. I'm try- trying to be exclusive. I'm not trying to be exclusionary. I'm not trying to me versus you. It's trying to be, like, how can I bridge that gap with you? How can I bridge that conversation with you? How can I um, do this with you?
1: Mm-hmm. So talking about... The LGBTQ... Communite. Community. Are you talking specifically one that falls within the LDS realm or just like... In any of them.
0: I think any of them.
1: I think I kind of... It's one of those things where I... Yeah, I go to like a study group sometimes and I look around the room at us and like our ideas and views could not be more different from each it's
0: other. It's so... Fun.
1: It's weird. It's weird because I like assumed everyone would be on my plane, but not at all. And I think what I've really learned...
0: Mitchell is probably one of the funniest people in that group. When he comes and he talks like this, and he's got these wonderful ideas that are truly just... Ryan, the best. Stop
1: being mean.
0: I'm not being mean. You're making I love Mitchell. You're making fun I of
1: him. love Mitchell. I can't wait to hear what you say about me on the podcast when I'm not here. Uh, that I love that, you. That Talking a monotonous David Rose tone. Um, David, ew. David. You, <laughs> David. No, but will um, free. But so I'm I trying mean, to say, I, <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, I look around and I see everyone. It's just like we're. It's all like we're all just being like, I don't know. Like I don't. I'm just trying my best here. And for the LGBTQ community, I just want to give them this space. Like, I just try to always give this space that, to do whatever it is that they deem is right for them. You know what I Like, I can't tell them, well, this is what I do and this is what's better. I can't look at what they're doing and judge them for it. I think I was so guilty of that before. I think, I mean, for a long time, I I would... I didn't think I'd ever come out. I didn't. I thought I'd just marry a woman, and, like, she was the only person who was going to know. And when people would leave the church over this, I would just be like, that's so sad that they couldn't make it, that they weren't strong enough. And now, as I, like, have that, you know, as I've been struggling for years and years, I don't know the first thing about what people go through. And I don't know the first thing about why they make the decisions they do And to learn about the amount of people who struggle in in the LGBTQ community, even if not with faith, but just with their family or in the state they live in, I just, I'm always like, whatever you deem necessary to make sure that you're alive and healthy and like not miserable, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, go. do
0: that i i i'm right through with you and i just think that this is one of those chapters that it would be so easy to flip it and be like the great and abominable church the mother of whores the mother of harlots that's being lgbtq ai that's what oh pardon me i'm burping that's what that is and i'm like no that's not what that is like that that's something else that's not what being the mother of whores and lies is and also like one thing i is that your path is yours and my path is mine there's other people that are lucky enough to have paths that have had all like not only like all of the brush cleared for them but the forest cleared for them and it's been trotted down and paved and i feel like we as lgbtq mormons we don't get that we're out there foraging through the forest finding our own way because there really isn't
1: I think I disagree. I just think our forest is a different forest i, I don't know, I don't know the first thing about a forest someone else goes through. Okay you know what I mean? okay
0: okay
1: like i I think I try hard to because it's so easy for me specifically to to have a pity party for myself, where it's uh... like I'm in this terrible situation, and I look at my friends who are married and having kids and stop looking at me have ne- you know have never and I'm just like, well if they were in my situation, like they wouldn't be this happy or that, you know what I mean? It's like, my life is harder. And I think that can just be so dangerous. Cause like, I, I don't know the first thing about what, what they're going through. And maybe you're right. Maybe some people have it easier than others. That's totally fair. But like, I can't even begin to think that way because then I think I've become angry at God. And I think that way, like, how,
0: I can't be angry at God and this is why yeah. is because like, we chose agency one. So you chose this. You chose this lovely test. Check right. it out, folks. Right. We all chose this. So that's one. And two is that we're all different. Like my life and Queen Elizabeth, we ain't the same. Me and Bill Gates, we ain't the same. Me and Brad Pitt, I mean, we've got the same look. Totally. But, and I mean, our That's, body, what, that's
1: why I call you Brad all the time. Uh-huh.
0: And and those I rub my fat belly. I mean, like, um, I mean, we're all different, but there are certain things about, like, when we talk about, like, privilege and understanding that, like, about, like, white privilege and, and how certain things have been made easier for us. And I think here we're talking, to, I'm talking a little bit about, like, religious, specifically talking about, like, Mormon privilege, like, in a Mormon community, like, if you're heteronormative, There's certain things that are laid out for you. There's going to be... Clearly, there's going to be, like, garbage and stuff that you're going to have to kick through on that paved, you know, road that you're going to have to get through and push through a few... There's so many people on that road. But as lgbt of us, like, all of, you know, we're all kind of striving. We're headed in the same direction, but we're all kind of on different paths, but we're all headed in the same direction some of us are headed up some of us are headed down some of us are climbing through trees some of us are going around trees some of us decided to dig up down and go through the root system of the tree and come up the other side but the thing is we're all going in the same direction
1: i just i just do my best to make sure people it's like life can be hard enough on you that they don't they don't need me judging them or telling them if they're doing it right or wrong. Ugh, yeah. And so I, for the LGBTQ community, both in the church and outside, you know, heard of it or not heard of the gospel, or whatever. I just al- always want to be someone that they know they won't be judged by me.
0: Can I tell you something? The the one of the things that has hurt me the most about is I had a friend that came out of the closet that lived here in New York. Mm-hmm and told several people before they told me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was so offended. I was so hurt cuz I feel like here I am like trying to spend my whole life trying to be that like open, you know, open arms of inclusion and stuff like that. And here's someone that I cared the most about as like and they knew that I would refer to them as my favorite person. Like outside mm-hmm. of my husband, they were my favorite person in New York City. And when they decided to come out, they told like six people before they told me. And one of them told you. Told me and I was devastated. They're going to be on the podcast. I'm going to make them. (laughs) They're the only person that I will like browbeat to be on this podcast. Like you don't have an option. Right. But I think like to me that was hard. And I think when other people hear that story, they're like... You know, like, you just wanted to be the first person. To me, it was like, no, it wasn't about that. It's like, what have I done to...
1: Make someone feel like they couldn't tell me. Yes! Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, when you are involved in a really conservative religion um, that's notoriously conservative, um, it can be hard for people to talk to you about things. No, they're Mormon too, though. Right. So, or, or the opposite. If I have friends who are super-duper liberal... It's hard. It's, it's hard. And so I just try really for the LGBTQ community that I am a part of, I strive to be one that I'm sure I have my ideas and views. But what matters most to me is my love for you and that I don't ever want you to feel like you can't tell me anything. And you're right. And there have been experiences in my life where I felt like people have avoided me or have not told me things or I've heard it through someone else. And it's because I had said something to them that made them feel like judged. I had, I, even if it wasn't about them, they heard me talking about something else and they were like, I don't want to tell William about this anymore because I know exactly what he's going to say. And so it's just, it's, I mean, and I still, and I, I have a hard time talking to some of my LDS friends about thoughts that I have or experiences that I have because I'm worried that they will judge me. Um because of things that they have said or things they've posted on the internet and it's it's tough and so I just strive to to be a neutral loving force for anyone.
0: So when I was telling you before this all started, like when I was going upstairs, I'm like well, maybe I'm just too dumb to realize like, you know, that I'm doing something hard. Hmm. And it's like sometimes I think about it as like I you care so much or you're scared of being judged. I feel like I'm so past understanding that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so, like, I've I've lost and or given up the things that are like, if you do this, you'll be judged and you could lose this. And I'm like, okay, let's find out. Let's roll the dice. And like, let's roll the dice. And the things that have stuck around in my life, those are meaningful. They're beyond meaningful. Yeah. And the things that didn't. I tried to make them be meaningful and I tried to make them work. And then I realized, Oh, this isn't going to work anyway. Hmm. Why am I working so hard at something that didn't end up being meaningful? And I looked at it and I was like, and then, okay, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I love this word counseling. Hmm. I love counseling, Hmm. but, um, the big thing is too, is, like through counseling, like especially non-religious counseling, big advocate of that. Um,
1: At the same time, I advocate for a a counselor who respects your spirituality, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now that
1: that's but not sponsored by a specific organization,
0: organization that's they're going to give you like specific religious dogma. Right, but I think
1: spirituality and religiosity is important, and if you have a therapist that you feel does not respect that or thinks it's stupid, that's not the therapist for you to have.
0: I 100% agree. 100%
1: agree. Yeah. But I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. You were talking about... I totally cut you off. No, it's fine. You were talking about advocating for counseling. What were you saying before that? I don't know. Yes, you were. (laughs) I'm
0: dumb. Uh... I was going upstairs. And, and I you thought about doing
1: something hard and you're going to r- roll but the, the thing, dice ju- ju- and ju- things that, judgment were, things that is left like, were The thing not is meaningful. to me is
0: like now I, to me, going to church is not about being scared of other people's judgment as it is, is like, how is this going to affect my relationship with Heavenly Father? Yeah. How is this going to reflect my relationship with Tal? How is this going to re- re- affect the relationship I have with one of my really good friends? So I have a friend. Who is not LGBTQAI. Comes to New York all the time. His name's Dave. Um,
1: is he a member of the church?
0: Yeah. He's a member of my word. His wife's one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, we're planning a trip maybe later this year for the four of us to go on. Great. Um, we went on a trip with him a few years ago. Let me tell you, one of Tal's favorite trips. Um, anyway, long story short. Um, he and I almost every time he comes, talks about religion. Yeah. And I will say things, I don't feel like I'm trying to convince him of anything as much as I'm trying to convince myself of things. Like, and there's been a couple times where I'm like, I don't care, why am I saying this? Why am I saying these things that make me feel like I'm trying to convince you of something that I don't feel like I need, that's not my job is to convince you of anything. It's not my job. Yeah. You can either believe it or not. That's on you. This is where I stand. This is where I am. hmm This is... So I'm, I'm trying to get more to, like, where when I say things, I don't need to convince anybody anything.
1: You're so. just comfortable with what you think, and you don't need to fight.
0: No. I don't need to fight for anything. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, when I die, it's not going to be like, Ryan, how many people did you fight for? Oh, um... Did you fight for a relationship with your Heavenly Father? Oh, you did. And other people saw that and saw the example and they were affected that way versus you fought with and for people and that did nothing. Right. So, I don't know. But then again, am I the person that's digging the church? You know, the great hole or...
1: The great pit. Whatever.
0: But, any final comments about the chapter?
1: Uh... No, I just, I think it's, like, a hard chapter to just jump into. It's just, like, a piece of a vision, and it's, like, the heaviest piece of the vision because it's moving into, like, the destruction of the world, right? Um, But it talks about, I mean, it talks about, like, the great marvelous work, which is the restoration of the gospel. It talks about how there will be wars and rumors of wars in our day, and so we're seeing that now, and to, like, not be afraid because Heavenly Father knows about this, and, like, we... We can continue to be a part of the Church of the Lamb of God and like follow Him, right?
0: I personally love in verse. Um, what I saw, Father. Where did it go? And for behold, I've written like, and I've I've. And I'm done speaking, and then he like speaks for two more verses, and then he's like, and I have written these things, and then Yeah. Yeah, and behold I Nephi for, for written... Nephi was a talker, we know. Yeah, that. he was
1: But we got a lot of good stuff out of him, so <laughs> Yeah,
0: he got a He got a lot to say. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well Yes. Do you wanna promote anything?
1: Do I wanna promote anything? Um yeah. I was watching a TED talk recently. Actually, about a woman who uh, the woman who gave it works with adolescents, but she talks about something the thing that's best for development um, in that time frame. But forever is um, that she talked about empathy, forgiveness, and gratitude. And she said oh. that basically anything, all of those things, and she said all of those things are within the realm of humility. And she talked about how what can be so good. For your development especially in teenage years but i'm just applying it to everyone is when you turn outward from yourself and you turn towards others forgiveness requires you to think about someone else right gratitude makes you think about things that you've been given by others empathy is requiring you to feel what others are feeling it's all about others um and i that really struck me where it's like i think sometimes i'll get so bogged down and upset about how hard my life is or whatever and it's just A matter of it's time for me to turn outward and stop worrying about it, and so um, I volunteer with New York Cares, and it's a great way for me to. I've helped people get ready for their citizenship tests. (gasps) Tal did
0: that. Tao I helped Tal with that.
1: But like it's like it's like an organization that like I show up and I'm I quiz people. I help them with their writing. There's so much to do, and I think that's something that we always talk about in church, but. Hardly anyone ever does service, and like the main thing Christ taught out of everything, and like his example was like doing things for other people who need it. And so, while I'm I'm an advocate for taking care of yourself, you get therapy, you you spend time with your loved ones or your friends or whoever How often you meet. Do you need.
0: see your your person?
1: The person I'm dating? No, not <laughs> the the person I counselor d- counselor. Um, uh, right now about once a month, but sometimes what sometimes. How are you surviving? Well, there are days, there are times where I see them multiple times a week. Um, um,
0: because I see my person on Wednesdays. Let me tell you, it's the best day of the week. Mondays is couples counseling
1: and Wednesdays you,
0: is... You love it. Oh, girl,
1: can't you, get you it, it. No! So I'm all about that, but I also think what's really important is getting outside yourself and looking for people who have less than you, because I guarantee you they exist. Oh, yeah. And doing things for them. Oh. I just am like, I think that's what Christ wants most. And like when he did the the parable of separating the righteous from the wicked, the sheep from the goats, he talked about the righteous are those that like clothed the naked, fed the hungry, like were, you know, took they care of They cared about sick. each other. They like loved me, one another. No matter what I do in this life and how I mess up or don't mess up, what matters to me is that I, I do things for others. Willingly, and I and that's what I would advocate for. I think our world would be just better, better if that's what we all focused on, obviously. But
0: clearly, um, there's I'm just what
1: do you want to advocate for? Do you want to promote anything, Ryan? This (gasps) is my podcast. Welcome, thank you for coming. Um, What would you like to? I was just
0: thinking, I was like. The Judd exhibit, I haven't seen it yet. It's at the MoMA. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't promote it. I just know it's there. Okay. And if you don't know what Donald Judd is, you're probably not going to like it. Well,
1: then don't go read a book or, like, one article and then show up and try to talk about it like you know all about it, because writing will bite your head off.
0: I won't bite your head off, but I will laugh hysterically (laughs) looking at another painting while you try to pontificate to your friends about the symbolism of this or that painting and you're like that you're talking about a sculpture, not a painting. So, um, but so how I always like to close this episode is don't forget to check on your own mental health, get counseling. If you need counseling, start looking up for resources for yourself and talking to your friends and family about suicide and suicide prevention. So that just in case something does happen or you are in a period where you need help, uh you can help yourself. Uh know that there are people out there that love you that have never met you. If you want to be a part of this pa- this podcast, please that's a lot
1: of peas. Please be... if you want to be part of this podcast, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Podcast please. Podcast part, please. Of, yeah.
0: <laughs> part of part of please podcast. Uh are you ready for this? Email us at pioneerprojects eighty two at gmail dot com. So yeah. Um, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.